Golf ball's the best, number one. It's the GOAT of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of all time. Big Joe's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. We know it. <laughs> I, I'm going to say right. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario. <laughs> I love it. Love it. Download the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Okay, well, it was the hurling last week, and now we're going to start the, the build-up to the Ireland Senior Football Championship Finals this Sunday. It's the Dubs against Kerry, and uh, I guess we have to start with the Dubs, and we're going to start in the capital right here on Marlborough Street, Piper's Corner, and uh, Sean O'Potts. Sean, uh, nervous, excited? How do you feel, generally speaking, on, on All-Ireland Final Week? You're well used to it as a Dublin fan, I suppose. We are. It's, it's, it's different this year, though, because of the hiatus from the, 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 the dominant period, and... Um, because a very close friend of ours is managing the team and we're friends with actually manager and uh, selectors um, it's particularly personal you know and um, when you understand a close hand what goes into the preparation mm-hmm. uh, you're you know it goes beyond even the county loyalty your, your willingness to see them <laughs> succeed you know um, it's monumental the effort you know so um, I'm hoping for Desi's sake that he does get over the line Um the week before in All Ireland is a circular conversation. You just talk around from from you know every hour there's a call from somebody else, and you have the exact same conversation, you know. And uh, you know if you know people saying if you take David Clifford out of the equation, then somebody else say you can't take him out of the equation. He is the equation, you know. So uh, yeah, everybody's going around the houses, but yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant to be back in it and. Uh, I'm sure people from all the other counties are absolutely sick of listening to Dublin and Kerry people talking about great rivalry and being back in it. But if you strip all that away, um, yeah, this one is personal for a lot of us. So we, uh, um, I think we owe them one after last year. And let's see with Dublin back to close to full strength, um, how we got on against them. And Desi, he's that type of character, isn't he? If, similar to Jim Gavin in some ways, in, in demeanour maybe and, and, and calmness. I don't know about behind the scenes, but but certainly... From the outside looking in, he takes everything in his stride and nothing ever really seems to phase him, I guess. Uh, he's a fantastic individual and um, incredibly smart man, um, but always willing to learn. Like I, I worked with Desi, I've had long and sort of torturous uh, life, uh, you know, one step removed but close enough to, to, to sport. Um, I worked as a sports journalist for a period, but then I... I, uh, I and worked with the Gaelic Players Association for 10 years with Desi um, I wrote Paddy O'Shea's biography and I wrote Desi Farrell's biography um, I spent a lot of time when I was younger down in Kerry uh, learning Irish and I lived with, with the late uh, Seamus Begley wonderful years and I befriended Paddy O'Shea through Seamus um, I was actually playing music in the pub uh, one Sunday night in 1980 or um, 1988 I think it was and Paddy asked me to go out and kick a few balls on the beach from the next morning, and uh, so I was, I was running around like a like a like a dog uh, collecting balls out of the out of the sea on Ventry Strand, and um, so I befriended him and I got to know him, and then a, a couple of years later I was working as a journalist, and I ended up ghostwriting his piece. I rang him and asked would he uh, would he do articles for the Irish Independent, um, and then he got back involved, and it was a fallow period for for Kerry at the time. Um, you know, um, so we soldiered together as <laughs> I was his ghostwriter, and it was it was it was an incredible experience going around the country to different matches. But Dublin were the nearly team at that period. You know, um, obviously Daisy Farrell was playing with that team at the time. But uh, if you take those those couple of years between the the four game saga with Meade, which uh, which damaged us all psychologically, and uh, 
um, the cup the subsequent years. It, it was a it, it, like Kerry were sort of off the radar at that time. So Paddy um, himself went to a lot of the matches, so he understood the the absolute angst that was going through um, uh, Dublin at the time, having lost the final in '92, the semi final against Derry '93, against Down in '94, and people were you know the decade of the Dubs was the video out, and somebody coming out of the Down match was saying this is the decade of the Duds, you know, and uh, but it was very it was very very harsh. But then when I remember when they got over the line in '95, we were talking about special moments. Um, when Dublin beat Tyrone. Um, I was with Paddy, you know, and he was an incredible individual. Paddy, like, was an amazing character when I think about it, and I miss him desperately over the last, especially over the last uh, number of years when we became so dominant, you know. But uh, I would have enjoyed that, but I, I, I do miss him, and um, especially around these kind of occasions. But he put me up in his shoulders to watch the the presentation. It was a huge uh, outpouring of relief that Dublin finally got over the line, and just about like you know, having been dominant for a large part of the game. Uh, we were clawed back and just better got over the line but the relief was, was absolutely palpable we knew that and he was a great individual so actually that, that night uh, I'd, I'd said in, in jest to my uh, well sort of half an earnest but totally you know uh, to, my, to my partner at the time that I would get engaged if Dublin ever got over the line thinking it might <laughs> it's probably never going to happen but I did it that night I popped the question the night really? of the, yeah the night after they won the, the night uh, open juries at the celebrations and Paddy had managed to weasel in. He just said, anyway, into the Dublin celebrations. And uh, when he heard what had happened, he, he comes over, he said, are you sure? Are you sure, he said. Uh, before getting into a little bit of a spat with Pat O'Neill at the, the same night and eventually being being told, <laughs> no uncertain terms, you get out, Paddy, will you please? <laughs> but uh, but so they, they were very, very interesting few years. And then uh, kind of expected that Dublin might push on, but then there was the managerial change and... Um, Went into a, a difficult period again, and um, but it was a very interesting period because I got to know uh, Desi Farrell then subsequently, and um, the GPA was formed, and um, you know we developed a working relationship and a great friendship during those years, and uh, and like when I think of the commitment of some people, you know, like Paddy O'Shea was life. He only really cared about Kerry football, and he did great things outside. It, I understand that, but um, you know Desi's association with with Dublin football. It's nearly forty years now. I think like he played minor football for Dublin for two years. You know, played under twenty one hurling with Dublin. Um, went on to play senior football with Dublin. You know, uh, captain uh, managed the minors. Um, the only All Ireland minor title we won in that mm. period. Um, managed under twenty ones uh, and went on to the senior job and phenomenal. Job. You know, somewhat skewed off, absolutely unfairly because of the the Jim Gavin era and Jim Gavin was an astonishing manager, but. Um, it was a difficult period, yeah, the, the, the whole COVID disruption didn't help, um, you know, it, it, it was a very unusual, for all our lives, yeah. you know, and, and Dublin football included, um, but I think it's great that, that we're back at, uh, we have another chance to try and, um, it is, I mean, it's uh, even for neutrals, this is a, an, an incredible um, contest when you think about it, you know, it, it could be a sliding doors moment to mm-hmm. carry sort of, finally sort of, move on and, and go into a period of dominance um, David Clifford led you know um, or do Dublin sort of just take the take sheen the take, the, take the sheen off last year's win a little bit you know yeah yeah. Well, that's the, I guess that's the, it's one of those finals that has so many strands to it and it, look even as a, as a Monaghan man I could admit it's the final everyone wanted maybe bar Monaghan and Derry fans before <laughs> those semi-finals but from a neutral perspective it just it sits there and it's probably because of the history it's probably because of even those games in the 80s and, and, and the history behind these teams and 
Paddy Cullen getting lobbed. Yeah. You know, there's so many moments in this rivalry. Yeah, it was a, like a, you take that. I mean, I think it was Darrell Canada said about uh, um, you know Paddy, and it just be a sort of a refrain from Kerry. We love playing the dubs, you know, <laughs> and what it really meant is we love beating the dubs, you know. And it was during that period, possibly, you know, when. The, the, they they moved into a period of dominance, you know, after seventy eight onwards. Um, you know, personally speaking, you know, much as I love the county of Kerry and uh, you know culturally, you know, wedded to it, you know, uh, um, it means nothing when it comes to football. And and, and even my friends out there, exact same way. This will be ruthless when it comes to it. But I think the most enjoyable peri- uh, things aspects of the Dublin's dominant period. Where the the victories over Kerry, it always meant more, and, and that's no offence to Mayo, and you know, and I understand the the absolute love in for news talk with Mayo over here. So, um, Mayo uh, FM, it's been the accused of the people's champion. <laughs> anyway, but that that aside, I think they they, they were always the sweetest because um, historically, I think anyone who who's who's uh, connected with Dublin football or loves Dublin football um, knows what beating Kerry means, and. You know, we've beaten them, I think it was four times in, during that period in the championship. And, uh, you know, the last time Kerry beat Dublin and all our fine pod, he was captain. Mm. You know, so um, they were very, very special. I think, in, you know, the 2011 obviously it was so dramatic and, you know, the, you know it'll never be forgotten because of the end of a, a very, very lean period for mm. Dublin, you know, having that one 16 years. But, uh, and that'll always it'll never be surpassed. But I think if you look through the, um, those games and sometimes the Mayo games seem to overshadow but there were some incredible games with Kerry like the 2013 semi-final was absolutely yeah. incredible Kevin McMenamin again back to break their hearts you know um, but that, that game I think that game was level going into yeah. going yeah. into injury time you know um, amazing contest you know um, Dublin's willingness to win became something absolutely you know uh, um, they were relentless like mm. and, and and then I think the 2015 All-Ireland final in the rain was only three points in the game. Dublin really dominated them that day. Mm. That was one of the most spectacular performances in brutal conditions. But I remember even Paul Flynn that day. My God, he was it was monumental. And uh, Alan Brogan's point, like the you know, I think I don't know if it was Dermot Connolly hadn't tracked, but uh, Killian Young had the goal chance, but it just broke out. But because Connolly had sort of found himself free, he was the decoy dummy run all the way down the wing. Like and it was a like it was an eighty yard sprint with <laughs> Connolly outside you and Bernard and Alan one two. Which, it was an astonishing point and then um, I remember um, when we beat them again in the semi-final in they're blending into one of yeah. those so many of these wins you 2017 see. I think yeah, it was yeah. semi-final when um, Kerry pressed Cluxton and mm. you know and, and got up got on top of the half final it looked like you know um, it looked like they might it might be break. and Dublin came out and just sort of you know just a bit like Limerick, you know, last week, just finding a way, you know, finding a way. And Dermot Connolly got a, a point um, on the left wing under the Hogan stand with his left foot without breaking stride. Not dissimilar to, to McManus's point yeah. for Monaghan. Spectacular skill. Like, not breaking stride, you know, and um, curled over. And I remember going on Show Sport with, with Derek Canada mm. to preview the final. And they were picking out the, the you know, book, uh, Fuinchi, as they say, the... the, 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 the the memorable moments of the yeah. season so far, and they made him play that twice. You know, they <laughs> <laughs> had they played it in real time and then in slow motion. Yeah. Be- beautiful score, and um, you know, it's funny those those kind of little moments uh, for anyone who who loves the game will always stand out. The sort of special moments, um, and then then you arrive at 
the man himself, James McCarthy, who, if you look back through that dominant period, the the reason why he's such an astonishing footballer and, and leader in so many different ways, I mean, um, he always did it when it mattered. He always mm. turned up when it mattered. He always injected that, that you know. And kind of like Ian Lynch in the hurling for Limerick at the weekend. You know, yeah, when it mattered most. When it mattered most, he injects this. He look like an astonishing athlete for starters, mm. but uh, he injects that that willingness to win. You know, the the various moments over the years where you see him show up, and particularly I remember like in the you know Mayor getting on top of Dublin on so many occasions, but particularly in the the semi final replay in. The other year. The other year, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it, was, it could have been 2015, actually, uh, before the Kerry match, because uh, Keno Sullivan got injured at the last mm. minute. But um, I think May were four points up, Lee Keegan a chance to go five up, balls turned over, Carty goes down and gets a score, and even the nature of the score, all of a sudden, mm. you know, there was a three-point game, and and then Dublin just went on to blitz them again, McManaman. And, uh, so they're very special moments. Uh, they're very special uh, bunch of players. So... Um, you know, and, and come up May, and so that doesn't change, you know. Um, but for the week prior to it, uh, that circular conversation, I think anyone who's, who's involved on both ends has had the same conversation going on in Kerry, you know. Uh, Clifford is an enormous factor here, you know, and uh, you can see, you know, the influence he had in the Derry game. Um, I think a lot of people in Kerry felt they were gone or they were they were gone. Yeah. There was that there was that period where Derry missed three four good chances mm. maybe just to keep the scoreboard moving maybe lack of experience at that level and you realise actually you know you're blinking here you know because you can win uh, trying to get goals from angles or a few delayed shots just just fist the ball over the bar yeah. something Dublin are very good at when they do get the chance get momentum and uh, and possibly Kerry might have found a way and anyway, you see the energy they brought to the end of the game they might still have that and I think the, the top teams uh, have it um, but it's very interesting that the, the bookies have Kerry as as slight yeah. favourite, which is very interesting, you know, and possibly the Cl- Clifford factor. I mean, um, you know, or maybe it's an age profile thing, maybe they feel, but Dublin have a lot of options and, you know, building that bench and getting all those players back this year, um, big, brave move to even bring back Pat Gilroy uh, back into, yeah. you know, it shows, it shows a sort of um, the maturity in the thought process of the management team and... Um, it looks like sort of leaving no stone unturned, or kind of that's what we're hoping anyway. The so the ninety five was it ninety five was the engagement and party on on the shoulders. So ninety five was the engagement. So like twenty twenty eleven. I mean, I think was it John Duggar maybe was on with us before, and he spoke about being in in Croker that day, and he said uh, it was the only time he ever felt Croke Park shake. Like what, what when that when that when Cluxton puts that ball down and and it and you can see it sailing over. What what's going through your head uh, in that yeah. moment I was gone at that stage I, I couldn't I I, I, I I was I really struggled emotionally that day <laughs> I, like a lot of people well do you know what happened with the, the, we, we, there was Dublin in four all Ireland finals I think the, mm. the the hurlers the minor hurlers the uh, under 21 hurlers the minor footballers and the senior footballers um, but whatever to go in that game we were four points down um, we we're going to lose four All Ireland's, you know, and there was a bet going around. There was a there was a sneery bet going around that Dublin to lose all four All Ireland's, you know. <laughs> uh, I think you know at halftime I, I wanted Valium or something. I was just it was it was kind of it was a you know dark day and uh, it was gloomy. They'd lost the miners and they knew you know uh, again being close to Desi, you know the pain that he was suffering at that time. And it was this astonishing minor team, like when you think about it. But that's the you know, beauty of football, but. Um, it looked like they were gone. I mean, you know, everybody accepts that Dublin looked like they were gone. But you know, 
they weren't out of touch, Kerry. Uh, you know, they weren't out of sight. And I think what, like, Gillard deserved enormous credit for breaking the, you know, the breaking the mould. He, mm. he changed. I remember talking to Barry Cal a lot about this, about Gilroy having different approaches, you know, and but he brought in a defensive edge to Dublin that hadn't been there. Mm. You know, they'd gone through that period of where, you know, it was like, this seemed, maybe it's unfair that Hubris always seemed to, to, to dent their, you know, and they'd, you know, they'd be very, very impressive in, in, in phase, but they were always open or vulnerable or, you know, and, um, you know, even though some of those games actually, even the battles with Kerry when they lost the other in semi-final uh, prior to that were good games, but they always looked, mm. they were lacking something, you know, um, but Kerry weren't out of sight and then, you know, they got, they had a couple of rubs in the green, you know, uh, was Gooch fouled or not? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it happens in football, and um, and at the end of it was just. I mean, I, I, when 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 McManaman got the goal, I mean the the, the place did like it did erupt, and then uh, when they got the Kevin Nolan got the equaliser, um, it was astonishing. It was ridiculous. Like, it was ridiculous, you know. And uh, and to be fair to Donny, like Donny getting that other when they went, to, I think they went to point head, and Donny Donny equalised again, astonishing score. Like he, you know. Um, when Cluxmo, I just I couldn't, I, I couldn't, you know. Um, from where I was sitting, I think it was at the the Hill Sixteen end of of the Hogan, and you know, I wasn't sure, you know, who was cheering maybe. No, no, I wasn't sure where the ball was. I was trying to follow the flight of the ball. I thought maybe it was. I didn't realise he'd actually nailed it. It just as beautiful because it was on the far side. I couldn't appreciate, but yeah, incredible moment, absolutely incredible moment. Uh, captured on the wall here, I think it just oh, after yeah. when when Thomas O'Shea actually handed the ball to Clux. Right. Brilliant gesture, like you know, and uh, um, it, it's funny. And, and those privileged enough to have won uh, are from counties that have won all Ireland to win all Ireland. Um, it's an amazing feeling when it when it happens for everybody who's involved. But obviously, for those involved, um, players and management teams, something it's it's an extraordinary um, thing. But even for supporters. Uh, you know that day you sort of pinching yourself. You know, um, I remember meeting Colin Burchill, who he, he works with the Dublin County Board, a hurling man uh, from Nefena afterwards, and he was in tears, like you know. And um, there's that sort of, especially that night. God, we have to beat and carry in all our final. Like, just like it just seemed surreal, you know. And uh, but I remember going to the celebrations that night up in the Burlington. Um, considerably worse for wear several hours later and uh, <clears throat> it was quite sad for De- Desi's team like we were obviously having a different you know in the middle of all this but um, typical of the man I remember him thinking if, we were go- if one had to be lost today yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it was our one you know and uh, uh, yeah that breakthrough was you know it, it changed it changed the mentality I know obviously the second year syndrome kind of kicked in a bit the next year but um, you know the, it, it changed the mindset Um you know, brilliant generational group of players mm-hmm. came together, and um, what was quite annoying during that period was the constant nonsense and bullshit that was coming about. Um, you know, resources and in advantages, and a certain amount of yeah, Dublin playing Crow Park. There's certain there's obviously advantages to 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 know on the ground as well as they do. But uh, any team worth their salt wanted to beat Dublin, wanted to beat them in Crow Park. So players want to play in Crow yeah. Park. All the intercounty players want to, that's where they want to be, and 
Um, but the, the that kind of nonsense, trying to sully it, trying to take from it, you know, using absolutely ludicrous analogies with Man City and stuff was absolute nonsense, you know. And um, yeah, so it was, it was, it always, there was a satisfaction in it. But you know, trying to, you know, I, I always remember and saying to people or anyone who listened that it was generational. If you looked at the development squads, if you looked at the teams coming behind, if you looked at the underage mm. um, teams that were involved, and we were involved in the game ourselves with, with underage players, and, you know, there was no signs of, you know, good, honest players, like a lot of counties mm. have. <clears throat> there was no particular sign of any Dermot Connolly's or Kieran Kilkenny's coming afterwards again, you know, and, um, and it's been proven thus, you know, you, you, you know, Dublin have to, you know, you have to get on with it now and try and build, you know, and hopefully, hopefully what happens is that some of these great people like James McCarthy and um, Karen Kilkenny and I'll get, you know, get back involved. I know they were involved with uh, mm. one of the development squads. Very difficult task players are playing <laughs> don't have to be involved in development squads. Yeah. And I understand when they come, if you're a very successful county, you come to the end of a career, being asked to go back into, you know, partners would have another something to say if you're saying well I'm taking a development squad now uh, darling you know do you mind if I'm gone again for another yeah. so it's a very difficult ask but I think when, when when it settles down the draw of football for a lot of players does bring them back in and I think that's what's important if you look I always believe during that dominant period during this period that we were very, we were blessed to have three exceptional managers mm-hmm. all operating at a certain level when 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 Pat Keller was managing the senior team. Uh, Jim Gavin had been involved with the under 21s and Desi was involved with the minors. And, and like the overlap between those three people is, is you know, phenomenal. Three very, very, all in it for the right reasons, which is why that shit that gets thrown a couple yeah. of times, they're all in it for the right reasons mm. and, and drawn back into it for the right reasons. You know, they're tr- you know, they have lives to live, but they're drawn back into it and, and some, you know, as if somehow it's supposed to be glamorous. <laughs> it's anything but glamorous. It's, it's pure work and it's, it's relentless. It's, you know, managing a team, one of the top teams, managing any inter-county team, is, it's just, it's relentless. Mm. And the respect we have to them is, in this county is massive. Um, it particularly galls me at times when I hear people in, in the county, you know, after the period we had trying to trying to um, denigrate the management team, yeah. you know, absolute nonsense, ill-informed. Well, look, we, we all suffer from it as well, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a world we live in now where people have platforms to, to, to moan and bitch. And, um, but I think, yeah, I think there's been, there's, there's been you know, to, to bring back the players, it's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a testimony to the, you know the the management and you know and I suppose their love of the the, the, the team ethic I mean Limerick were very very strong in it mm-hmm. um, um, I heard John Coyley talking about it. they're talking about family and they're talking about that's really what it is you know and I, I that, that, that lure probably you know was was very important in, in Jack McCaffrey and Paul Mannion coming back and, and Stephen Cluxton you know and um, yeah bring it on that's funny because that, that narrative about the, the resources seemed to fairly die a death in the last couple of years once Dublin yeah. stopped winning the All-Irelands, yeah. you know, it's funny. Uh, the, before we get your, your predictions, uh, Sean, for Sunday, uh, and it's not an easy game to predict, but your own interest in the Dubs, and obviously if you're growing up in Dublin, you're going to be a Dubs fan, but, like, and again, like your father's reputation and your own reputation in music rep- precedes you, and there's the, the, the Irish language culture as well that you grew up with, but also the Gaelic Games culture, so were all those things kind of very strongly linked for you as a child yeah, yeah my, my, my my parents would have imbued us with a love of uh, of of Gaelic games um, I went to Clashavira in all our school uh, up the road here in Parnell Square um, 
played football badly with Clown Clash. They were the, um, the team that was sort of made up of, of, of past, well, not just past people, but uh, no, it was an Irish language football team. Um, you know, uh, we played out in Ireland Bridge. So there, there was a connection with the game, there's a, an obvious, but the, my, uh, it's a family thing, you know, my, my, uh, my third generation Dublin on, um, you know, on my, my father's side and uh, it was very important to my parents and I was bought, I was bought up. I remember my first All-Ireland final was 1974. My father bring me to the, to the Nally stand and, and that experience of, of walking in and seeing Crow Park for the first time every it's off it's off it's it's done to death but uh, it's an incredible experience for a child you know and it, it sort of never left me um, and you know we're fortunate to, to in the work I was involved in and to get to know a lot of players generation of different generation we very friendly with a lot of the the, the 70s team mm-hmm. um, Tony Hanno extraordinary character I'm very very fortunate to to get to know Tony uh, during the Gaelic Players Association, we were involved in the the past players group, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a wonderful uh, shared some wonderful days with with Tony Hanahoe and Gail Driscoll was a great friend of our families, and it was just great to get to know those people. But like GA is family. It's, if you're connected with the game, you're going to be connected with somebody from the mm-hmm. team. Or same in Monaghan, same or everywhere else. It's the same yeah. in Dublin, you know. It, it was never a huge thing in Dublin. Um, you know, part of the 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 criticism around Dublin's growth is, was to do with the money that's invested in GPOs, but the, the the game wasn't that big, you know, in my childhood, you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of clubs were driven on by country people who came to live in Dublin and we got involved in their local clubs and some of the, those clubs were small, like Chemical Croaks were small yeah. and then they, they grow to be these, uh, you know, uh, colossus within the game and the club game, um, you know, so you know it's a, it's a difficult enough quest because we're so connected with it all our lives that I don't know where it starts yeah. but uh, like you know um, culturally yeah and even when we set up this business we decided to put the partners a couple of partners in the business here but one is Eamon Briody who went to Glossier as well and you know our love is Gaelic games uh, the Irish language and obviously Irish music and they're the sort of values we put forward in the business and uh, it seems to resonate with people because it doesn't, we don't really go outside that you know and um it's a GA house, uh, as is Briodis, and it's great to see actually business-wise how it's you know it, it's grown even the the period since we opened here in, in two thousand seventeen. Um, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, when you've grown up with it, I guess there's there's no choice nearly. You know, you're kind of born and bred into it. Um, I should get your prediction and uh, how you see the game playing out. As you said, David Clifford seems to be the maybe the the reason why Kerry are marginal favourites for the bookies, but. Um, it's going to be a close game. And, and it, how, how do you see it playing out? Because I guess a replay is also on the cards, but uh, from yeah. a Dublin and Kerry ma- fan's perspective, your heart might be... Yeah, I'm going on holidays the week after the game and uh, I've booked a flight back for the replay. Right. So that, that, I'm hoping by doing that, uh, guaranteed that there isn't going to be a replay. Because <laughs> the last thing I want is a replay, but I booked a flight home anyway. Because um, I, 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 I can see this going right to the, to the end. And... You know, I, I think any emphatic kind of prediction is nonsense, you know. Um, there's people telling me, I think, you know, over the weekend, or the hurling weekend, people saying, um, I think Kerry will win. What they're really saying is, I hope Kerry will win, you know, uh, my country friends. But anyway, uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm confident Dublin could do it. Um, how it's going to play out, I really don't know. If, if Dublin can get uh, a foothold in midfield, it, it's absolutely you know, essential. Uh, if you look at Kerry, they're breaking a lot of ball in the middle of the park. I think O'Connor and the, and Jack Barry tried to 
they try to disrupt things and play it and they try to work off the breaks and I think that's ultimately how they turned Derry over in the end as Derry started the flag um, it was not a breaking ball you know a bit fortunate as well how it broke but I, I think Dublin will be mindful of that and do you drop a man back to screen Clifford and risk not having the bodies around the middle of the park uh, you know, do you play Condom or advance role or do you drop him back? He's been playing a lot around the middle park, winning breaking ball, uh, winning dirty ball, carpet ball, as Paddy O'Shea used to call it, you know. Um, I think that's that, that, that would have a big bearing on the game. Um, and, you know, you can't, you can't you see, to get over Derry, so reading too much into how Derry went is hard. But I've been listening to a lot of the players and players seem to be leaning... You know more towards Dublin because they seem to have a bigger spread of scores, you know, mm. and how Derry's uh, uh, Kerry's defence manages to to you know get their matchups right, and you know um, will be interesting to see. But um, I have a confidence that Dublin can win. How how's it going to pan out? I don't know. I just hope that I don't need Valium as uh, coming down the stretch this time. <laughs> yeah, unlike the Cluxton time. Uh, uh, brilliant stuff, Sean. People can watch. I presume the match here in Piper's Corner. If it's if it's if they're not in Croke Park, of course. Yeah, um, it'll be a very big occasion here. Um, there's a lot of Dublin um, supporters come. A lot of Kerry supporters come here. Um, even last year when in the Kerry finals, a lot of former players. Um, I said I've got strong connections with a lot of, particularly the O'Shea family, and. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It was a wonderful sort of even the the semi final day last year, uh, even in 2019, on both occasions, um, great celebration, um, you know, mingling the fans. It's great to see it, you know, uh, good respect, um, and hopefully, hopefully we'll do it and um, and we'll. Uh, will change the, the course of history again. Absolutely, and stop the, the Kerry drive for two. Uh, <laughs> that's tongue-in-cheek, of course, for all the Kerry people watching. Uh, Sean, enjoy the match as best you can, and hopefully you can keep the, keep the volume at bay. Yeah, thanks, Shane. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show, from off the ball.